All right, Anthony, you're good. Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay. Has he ever listened to uh, an episode of our podcast? I don't think he doesn't so. give a shit. Anthony, have you ever listened to an episode of my podcast? <laughs> he goes, no. Oh, I hate him. <laughs> Not just no, but no is in like, why ever yeah. in hell would I do that? <laughs> what did you say? I said, I don't listen to podcasts that I want. Oh, okay. So he just followed up. He said that he doesn't listen to podcasts he wants to listen to. So he's not a podcast guy. It, but but it also implying that we're not even what he wants to listen to. <laughs> what, Anthony? I said, I only listen to them in very specific circumstances. And the only circumstances if I'm driving for a great long. Oh, okay. What about a specific circumstance? Like your beloved sister and cousin are making what about very cool movies? Yeah, what about a specific circumstance where your beloved sister and cousin are making one about movies? It's not my subject. It's just not his subject. Well, I'll have (laughs) you know that we're recording an episode on Endgame. Hey, everyone. I'm Alexa. And I'm Catherine. And we're the girls behind Tickets, Please. And on today's episode, we're talking about Avengers Endgame. So after work on Thursday, I went to see A New Hope in a theater by my office with a live orchestra. The fact that I'm just hearing about this now. I had to save it for the pod. <laughs> you should be jailed. That must have been. I cried multiple times. I was crying throughout the whole thing because I hadn't thought about it until I was on my way there that even without the live orchestra part, I've never seen it in a theater. So I've never had the theater experience of seeing one of the original Star Wars just on its own. I can't even describe it. Everybody was clapping when people came on screen and everybody laughed at lines I've heard a million times. Fucking house phone is ringing. (laughs) Real ones now. Everybody was laughing at lines I've laughed at a hundred times. And even some inside joke ones where Luke whines about going to the Tashi station, everybody laughed. It was honestly one of the coolest things I've ever done. That's amazing. What an experience. Immediately, once you started talking about this, I was thinking, what are the top 10 movies I would want to see with an orchestra? They're doing Jaws later in the summer. I've never seen it. You've never seen Jaws? No, and I've got to tell you. Yeah, I mean, are you worried that it's scary? Yes. I, I don't think need I don't. to be more. Okay, that's fair. You're you're already not, it's already not high on the list of loves for you, the ocean. So you don't need yeah. another reason. I'm not afraid of the ocean, mm-hmm. but I'm adjacently. Yeah. The older I get, actually, the more the ocean really? creeps me out. And this, I fear, would put it over the edge. That's fair. But if I'm a if I'm in a big boat, um, not, not that I've been in this scenario that I'm making up, but if I'm in a big, if I'm on a yacht, <laughs> as you often are, and I'm watching whales or something in the water, I'm into that. Okay. It's just deep ocean stuff that makes me like my friend's dad had a 
big boat as a child, which really? like, don't get me wrong. I was, my family could not have afforded a big boat. Like I didn't grow up in that environment, but he had one and we went on it all the time. I was never afraid. I swam in the Hudson river, please. I'm still alive. To, oh, me to too. Tell. I've done that too. <laughs> <laughs> So Catherine and I were talking a little bit before we started recording and then realized that it probably should be in the episode that we're going to be talking about Avengers Endgame having between the two of us maybe only seen four additional Marvel movies. I think five or six. Two Iron Mans. Oh, I, oh, I didn't know Panther. you saw two. Oh, true. Black Panther. I've seen Guardians. You've seen Guardians. Thor Ragnarok. And I've seen the first Avengers. That's the only ones I've seen. So six. Oh, and Civil War. Yeah, we're not equipped to be doing this, but we're doing it anyway, because we had a much stronger reaction to it than we thought we were going to. We're watching the Marvel movies for Chadwick. I mentioned to my mom that I had just finished watching Endgame and that it was incredible. And she says to me that she watched it and she didn't really like it. And I was like, really? Because... We had seen the first Avengers in theaters with her. She was really into them. She's watched a bunch of superhero movies, but I was like, why didn't you like it? She goes, I don't know. I, I, I didn't really know what was going on. I, I, I couldn't figure it out. And so then I asked her, did you watch Infinity War? What do you think her answer was? Just thought she would start with Endgame. I don't know. I'm like, mom, how could you watch a movie called Endgame and think you didn't need any information before that? When we see the empty stadium and then it takes us into the support group meeting mm-hmm. and all the chairs are stacked on the tables, it just feels so, I felt it so deeply how alone everyone felt Yeah, and how much grief everyone felt. And I thought it was so interesting to hear the conversation in that support group when that guy says, I, I didn't even know what to talk about. What did you talk about? Yeah, same old crap, you know, things have changed and my job, his job, how much we miss the Mets. It's such an everyday kind of thing. Of course, if you both like baseball, you're going to talk about it on this date, but it's it has to take into context that so many people are gone. Yeah, it's a rough go of it in the first little bit. Yeah. The first time I saw it, when the five years later came up on the screen, I gasped. I could not believe it was going to be five years in the future. We're two years out from COVID starting and think about how many lifetimes it feels like we've lived. Yeah. There were a lot of weird parallels in that respect, I thought. Yeah. So then the next thing that happens is uh, Scott Lang comes out of the quantum realm, which was (laughs) so exciting to see him because the first half hour was so upsetting and depressing and dark and gray that the second he was on screen, I was like, thank God. I loved how they first saw him on the security camera when he was outside the door. Oh, hi. Hi. Uh, Is anyone home? This is uh, Scott Lang. We met a few years ago at the airport. In Germany, 
I was, I was the guy that got really big. I had a mask on. You wouldn't recognize me. Is this an old message? Ant-Man? Ant-Man, I know you know, I know you know that. It's Frankie. I need to talk to you guys. He, this man, of all the dozens of very, very famous, talented people in this movie, in this universe, this man had to carry the entire franchise on his back by being the one to actually say, to actually label it and call it time travel and a time machine. Yeah. And to then a little while later call it, call a, time it a time heist. Are you talking about a time machine? No. No, of course not. No, not a time machine. This is more like, um, yeah, like a time machine. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. And now you want to pull a, what do you call it? A time heist? Yeah, time heist. They really tried in the writing to make it so that we knew that they knew that it was a cheesy thing they were saying. Totally. Because when he explains it, when he walks in and is talking about the quantum realm and how time is different and he has this idea and he can't stop thinking about it, he's rambling on and on to Natasha and to Cap. And he says along with an explanation and then Captain America is like, you mean time travel? And he's like, yeah. And all of the time travel stuff throughout I thought was really well done in that they made a very, very complicated and complex thing pretty easy to understand. Normally with something like that, I would get lost in my head trying to understand the specifics of it. And this time I was able to just be like, fuck it. I get it as much as I get it. And I'm going to let it be that. And because they took like an easier route of time travel than most movies do, like in that scene where they're talking about Back to the Future and all of the time travel movies and they're listing them and Rhodey is saying these are the rules we know them from back to the future and bruce banner is like that's not how time travel works the nation is so much simpler and easy and the fact that you don't have to worry about different altering the future and if you go back in time this won't happen and terminator stuff i know you haven't seen terminator but they go back to specifically alter the future and bruce is like that's not how it works if you go back in time you're not altering the future that stuff already happened And his explanation is so easy to understand. It made the whole movie so much easier to follow. Time doesn't work that way. Changing the past doesn't change the future. Look, we go back. We get the stones before Thanos gets them. Thanos doesn't have the stones. Problem solved. Bingo. That's not how it works. Well, that's what I heard. Wait, but who? Who told you that? Star Trek, Terminator, Time Cop, Time After Time. Quantum Leap. Wrinkle in Time, Somewhere in Time. Hot Tub Time Machine. Hot Tub Time Machine. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Basically any movie that deals with time travel. Die Hard? No, that's not one. This is known. I don't know why everyone believes that, but that isn't true. Think about it. If you travel to the past, that past becomes your future. And your former present becomes the past. Which can't now be changed by your new future. Exactly. Back to the Future is a bunch of bullshit. Not to take us off topic, but we're going to say a lot of things here that I'm sure real Marvel fans have already... (laughs) A lot of things that are already known and discussed a million times over that we're just unaware of. So, like, please bear that in mind. But don't you think it's funny how regular their names are? Like, Captain Marvel's name is Carol. (laughs) 
Well, I guess we got to think about the fact that they're based on comic books that were written how long ago. So he was very true. So we weren't, you know, in the time of Northwest. We were in the time of, you know, (laughs) Carol and Steve and (laughs) in the year of our Lord Northwest. Peter and everybody's got regular names. It is strange that there are two Peters. Of all of the names. Wait, who's the other Peter? Peter Parker and Peter Quill is uh, Chris Pratt. Oh, I didn't realize that Quill's first name was Peter. Yeah, because they always call him Quill. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's funny that even in the time of like infinite names, he has two Peters. Couldn't think of another name. <laughs> <What> about Phil? <laughs> two of the best characters, IMO. I'm telling you, the more I see a Tom Holland, the more I get it. My next note isn't even really a note. It's just, it just says Tony and his daughter. Did you know that Robert Downey Jr. made approximately $75 million just on Endgame? I didn't know that, but it does not surprise me. Because when he originally signed the contract for Iron Man and kicked off this whole thing in whenever that was, 08, probably 06 when he signed, he worked in getting a, a piece of the profits. So I think he was paid... Wow. whatever 20 million or something for this and the rest of it is That's he had he has hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars i did i was listening to a podcast the other day that they talked about how bradley cooper said that when he did guardians of the galaxy he made more on guardians of the galaxy than he did on the hangover and silver linings playbook combined <laughs> it's wild <laughs> <laughs> it's so sick And the reason why this came to mind right now is because I was going to say that RDJ deserves every single penny. He's such an incredible actor and the dimension that he brings to this, nobody else could have done it the way he did. Just those scenes with him and his daughter, I could have watched three, three hour movies of just that. Did you know that when she says, I love you 3000, that he suggested that? Because his kid said it to him once, and then his kids started, it like became a regular thing that all his kids say. I love you 3,000. 3,000? That's crazy. Go to bed, or I'll sell all your toys. Night-night. Not that it's a competition, but she loves me 3,000. Does she know? You were somewhere in the low six to nine hundred branch. Like, he's so good. He's a natural. He it was born to be a dad. When he um, is telling her the story and she asks, she's like, tell me a story. And he's like, goes there. Tell me a story. The story. Uh, once upon a time, Maguna went to bed at the end. That is a horrible story. Come on, that's your favorite story. It was so good. <sighs> and then we don't see Pepper for so long that we maybe think she's not going to be in it. There were so many scenes. Well, there were so many scenes of him at home when he was with his daughter. And then when he was washing oh, the dishes so and then putting her to bed. And then like we, or at least I thought, oh shit, I guess Gwyneth wasn't available. <laughs> oh, interesting. I don't know if I thought that. And then after he puts her to bed and he comes around to the couch and she's there reading about composting. And I was like, there she is. <laughs> Of course she's reading about composting. What she says to him when he tells her that he figured out the time travel thing is really sweet. 
because he's trying because I know I haven't seen any of the standalone Iron Man movies, but I know from context from Civil War and just from what he says that a big thing is that she wants him to stop being Iron Man. That's a lot of times what the conflict is in the superhero movie with the love interest. And when she says to him. But would you be able to rest? It was really touching. Because she, at this point, knows him that he won't. He won't be able to. Even though he's telling her that he would. I love when they go to see him and Paul Rudd is trying to explain the concept and that it's a time heist. And he thinks it's so simple. The way he explains it, he's like, no, we could just do this. And how Tony is telling him that what happened to him is like a one in a million cosmic fluke. He was the luckiest person and that it's impossible. It was just funny to see the two characters interact that are on totally different playing fields where (laughs) Scott Lang is like, it'll be fine. We can do it. I already have the plan. And Tony's like, "Mm, that's not really how it works. We need to, it's a lot more dangerous and a lot more complicated than a time heist. When they're in the lobby of that building and Please. Paul is drunk in his Ant-Man and says something like, I'm going inside you. Now. <laughs> it's like not really funny, but it was so Please. funny. All of the stuff that he was saying to, to Tony during that entire part is hysterical. I love when Hulk does the trial run with scott red i don't want to lose uh tiny here in the 1950s excuse me he's kidding i can't say things just just boozage bad joke you were kidding right i have no idea man. we're talking about time travel here either it's all a joke or none of it is we're good there that whole scene where they're doing the test run and then he comes back as a baby and then as an old man and they're like flipping out and bruce as the hulk bruce being the hulk this whole time every time he was on screen i laughed it was the most ridiculous but funny and perfect thing you know i'm a huge mark ruffalo stan but i thought he wasn't good in the other ones even in infinity war i didn't think he was that good his acting really you are not in the minority i think that a lot of people are not a fan of that's so weird but he was very good in this one yeah it was like he was born to be this ver- this amalgamation <laughs> yes. of the Hulk and Bruce. <laughs> because he was good in Ragnarok, too. Yes, he was. So it's funny that you mentioned the baby thing, because one of the things I wrote down that actually made me laugh out loud was RDJ's delivery of... Why the long face? Let me guess, he turned into a baby. When he comes back and talks to Captain America... Just, I don't know, the way he delivers every single line is just exactly how it should be. Because he comes back with, he has like a little arrogance as he always does as Tony, because he knows he's figured it out and he knows they need him. But then he also is very serious when he tells him that. We got a shot at getting these stones, but I got to tell you my priorities. Bring back what we lost. I hope. Yes. Keep what I found. Have to at all costs. And maybe not die trying would be nice. How he buries the hatchet with Steve, too. I just want peace. 
It turns out resentment is corrosive and I hate it. Me too. For what though? Is it for something that is I it, missed? No, it's the thing at the end of Civil War when he finds out that Steve knew that Bucky killed oh, right. his parents. Yeah. They kind of buried it a little bit in Infinity War, but they didn't really have that much interaction. So I guess the theory is that RDJ didn't really like forgive him. So he's telling him that he did. And then he gives him his shield back and tells him not to tell anybody because he doesn't have one for everyone. <laughs> Will you keep that a little quiet? Didn't bring one for the whole team. So what do you think about all the different storylines when they go to get the stones? Um, that's too broad of a question, right? Did that overwhelm you? Yes. I was like, whoa. (laughs) Which one should we talk about first? Let's talk about the Hulk going to meet with, I don't know her characters. Me neither. Tilda Swinton. What I ended up noting was, why is this the second time Mark Ruffalo has played a ghost on a rooftop? What's the first time? That one he, that movie he did with Reese Witherspoon. I haven't seen it. like heaven. (laughs) I haven't seen that. I don't even know enough about their powers to know what she even did. Should she separate his soul from his body or something? I, I think I, so. <laughs> There's so much of all of these that we don't and, know. But what's crazy, though, is think about how much enjoyment we got out of them without yeah. all of that. I don't know how to refer to each one because I don't know what stone is what other than the soul stone. Let me look at them up. Because the one, the Hulk one didn't even like that one didn't even make sense to me. And I kind of don't even. Oh, his is time. Space is blue. Mm. Purple is power. The By reality the way, is- the, the soul stone should have been purple. Yeah. Agreed. In my mind and heart, through all of these watches and rewatches, like it's been the purple one. And every <laughs> time I see it, I'm like, oh, it's orange or yellow, whatever. <laughs> no, it's orange because yellow is mind, which they, oh. where did, who even got mind? I don't know. This is too hard to talk about. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Iron Man and Ant-Man and Captain America? Sure. That whole series of events is so, so good and funny. Yeah. The the whole time they're in like the penthouse and Ant-Man is talking about Captain America's costume and that's America's ass. Mr. Rogers, I almost forgot that that suit did nothing for your ass. No one asked you to look, Tony. It's ridiculous. I think you look great, Cap. As far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass. That's all so funny. And when, I can't even imagine what Twitter was like after this came out. And when Tony tells him... You're small, but you're talking loud. And then Captain America fighting himself. Was very funny. It was cool to see him have some kind of reverence for himself, but also like, oh my God, he rolled his eyes when, when he said... I can do this all day. Yeah, I know. I know. And then when everything goes to shit, and they are trying to figure out what to do and Ant-Man's freaking out and they're at like that car and he's like, this was our shot. We shot it. It's shot. Six stones or nothing. Six stones You're or nothing. You're repeating yourself. You know that? You're repeating yourself. You're repeating yourself. You're repeating yourself. Dude, you know, no. Come on. You never wanted a time heist. You, you weren't on board with the time heist. I dropped the ball. You ruined the time heist. Is that what I did? Yeah. I did like that one element to the time heist was that for Steve and for Tony and for Thor, they were able to see people that they haven't seen in a very long time. And they had that like bonus time with their loved ones. That was that one was of my f- some of the best yeah. 
of the whole thing. It was nice, even without the context, because I haven't seen any of the other Thors besides the third one, which his mother is not in. It was nice, even without the context, to see those scenes with her and him and how sweet she was to him. When she says to him, the future hasn't been kind to you, has it? I didn't say I was from the future. I was raised by witches, boy. I see with more than eyes. You know that. I'm totally from the future. Yes, you are. I really need to talk to you. We can talk. My heart just... And then he gets choked up and says, I really need to talk to you. Oh, my God. It was so special that they gave him that. Yeah. And they gave him so much like he because he's been so down on himself since everything that's happened because he feels extra responsible because he's one of the most powerful of the Avengers and is a god and should have been able to stop Thanos and feels like he had the last opportunity before Thanos stabbed his fingers to stop him and he didn't. And the whole you should have gone for the head thing. Yeah. And he feels so much more responsible than most of the others. It was so nice to see him get healed a little bit. Do you know what that makes you? Just like everyone else. I'm not supposed to be like everyone else, am I? Everyone fails at who they're supposed to be, Thor. The measure of a person, of a, a hero, is how well they succeed at being who they are. Ah. Oh. That's so true. It really is. That's such a wise, (laughs) wise thing. Yeah. And then he's able to get the reassurance that he was doubting when he he calls for his hammer and it comes to him. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. And then Rocket just pops back in like a maniac. Please. His stuff, he was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll do it myself. <laughs> he just, he completely abandons the initial plan that was supposed to be that. Also, how I don't know how their initial plan was even going to work because she would have taken one look at him and realized that that's not what he looked like five minutes ago. <laughs> the plan had no concept of he's, ever working. Not besides the fact that he's all ragged and, and, has totally changed shape yeah. physically. He's also wearing He's like wearing a, a hoodie. shirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> and then we get to see Tony have a conversation with his dad. This was absolutely incredible. I love when he he's flustered because he's seeing his dad and he's like leaving the briefcase and he's bumbling around and he asks him for his name and he gives him his dad's name. Like that was the first, he's like looking at his dad and he's like Howard. Visitor from MIT. Oh, MIT. Got a name? Howard. Well, that'll be easy to remember. Howard Potts. Well, I'm uh, Howard Stark. When his dad says something like, I'll "Tell you that kid's not even here yet," and there's nothing I wouldn't do for him. And then Cap gets the least. He doesn't get any time with her, but he gets to see Peggy through the glass and just look at her for a moment before he has to continue what he's doing. But even just to see her again. And then it cuts to Clint and Natasha getting the soul stone. Yeah. Did they, they did they know? No, they didn't. Cause how did they not know from, from infinity war when Gamora <laughs> dies, don't they all, they probably just assumed Thanos killed her for no reason. They didn't know oh, that because okay. they wouldn't have known that that Thanos killed Gamora to get the Soul Stone. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because it's not like Thanos would have told anybody. Right. <laughs> and that's that's how Natasha ends up putting it together. She says like Thanos left her with the stone 
without his daughter. That's not a coincidence. They did an incredible job of making that really intense. Yeah. We knew what was going to happen. We knew one of them had to die for them to get it. Mm-hmm. So for us going into that scene, knowing that and still them still pulling off, making it as intense and heartbreaking as it was. Yeah. When Clint wakes up in that water or whatever it is. <sighs> yeah. And opens his hand and sees that he has the stone. Oh my God. Why am I crying? <laughs> It's just, it's like too much. Yeah. And then all of them out on the dock trying to process it. All of their reactions are so perfectly them. It was a weird feeling not having been on the whole Marvel journey all this time. Because I felt like we were just getting to know her and love her. I know. And then she was gone. I felt the same way with Gamora, actually. Yes. After seeing the first Guardians and then Infinity War. And that we basically do have all the context. I mean, you didn't see the second Guardians. I, I, I have seen it, but even then, it's a, it's. I feel like I was just getting to know her, and then we lose yeah. her. Speaking of Gamora, I realized that we miss a stone and a story. Nebula and Rhodey go to. Oh, I find that one really confusing. Like, I don't like it. <laughs> but that's <laughs> that. That has like the whole conflict of the end of this is how <laughs> the past Thanos finds out that what what the future holds and that's what that hit that's the hinge of the whole conflict towards the end once i grasped the hinge i stopped needing to understand the rest that actually was too much pretty valid (laughs) (laughs) on my second watch i was like i can't think about this again (laughs) yeah it was it's difficult to understand especially that the reason that they figure it out is because Nebula is half machine and they are able to see all of her memories, even though she's two people. It's very confusing. That's <laughs> just the, yeah. all I need to know is that he finds out and he yes. goes to whatever. And now time there are two Nebulas, <laughs> one in which yeah. is still loyal to her father and evil. And then the actual Nebula that has repaired the relationship with her sister and is for the good guys. Um, so now, I mean, I think we're at the next snap when Hulk snaps his fingers. So they're deciding who's going to do it. Thor, of first volunteers, is like, oh, I'm a god, I can do it. And they're like, mm. <laughs> it's a little more delicate than we maybe want you to be doing at the moment. <laughs> These movies are the first time I've ever seen Chris Hemsworth before on I'm screen. Trying, I'm trying to think if I've seen him in anything else. I've only seen his brother. He's really good. He is. We saw this in Infinity War. And then at the end of this, his interaction with Quill when they're on the ship together. Oh my is God. Hysterical. <laughs> the two of them are, their chemistry is incredible. I love them together. I can't wait for the next Guardians and the next Thor to see, because we, I don't know if you watched the trailer for the next Thor movie that's coming out, no. but they're going to have some interaction with the Guardians in oh, the good. next okay. Thor. I am so glad they've like kind of married those storylines in a way. We'll talk about this when we do an episode on Guardians at some point. I guess when the third one comes out, we'll yeah. probably do it. I pre-hated it. I knew nothing about it. I had just seen a couple of previews and whatever. I hated that people were blue and green and I just, and there was a talking raccoon. Like I hated the (laughs) whole thing. And Anthony told us we had to watch it before we saw these, which thank God. Yeah. And I loved it so much. I I would watch 10 Guardians movies. Same. I loved it. It's funny that you bring up Anthony because after 
we watched after we I finished watching this, he watched it with me and it ended. And he's like, you know, if I had if you had asked me, I wouldn't have thought you could start with Civil War and watch only a couple and get it. But you guys really did have the best abridgment of the Marvel Universe in just a couple of movies. We accidentally had like the perfect abridgment <laughs> crimp notes version of the MCU. So after the snap, Hulk snap. <laughs> <laughs> When they the doors open up and they realize that it worked, and Ant Man is standing at the window looking outside, and we see this the sun streaming in, and the trees are green, and the butterflies are flying around. And then Clint's phone starts ringing, and it's his wife. It's so heartwarming and soul filling. And then immediately after that, the entire building and Earth I, under the building gets like it imploded. Yeah. I it, it was so jarring and upsetting. I have chills thinking about it because honestly, it's one of the best moments. The mastery of moving from this brief moment of elation that they all have where they think it's worked. And before they even have a second to really even confirm yeah. that it definitely worked, literally they implode. And the way Thanos is like so calm. James Brolin, let me tell you something. Josh. James? Who's that? His dad? Is there a James Brolin? I think there is. Wait, isn't James Brolin married to Barbara Streisand? Yes, I think James Brolin might be his dad, which if it is, then I've never realized that until this very moment. Yes. James Brolin is his dad. I didn't know that. And wait, do you want to know the very funny reason why I said James Brolin? Why? I don't even remember who it was. Some person that I follow on Instagram. Oh, you know who I think it was? I think it was the Net Chicks. Okay. I don't know why they were even talking about this. It's like the most bizarre thing for them to say, but they said something about how Barbara Streisand has a garden highlight on her Instagram mm-hmm. and how she's the most insane garden ever. And so I went to her page and looked through her entire garden highlight. It's basically all roses. Uh-huh. And we see a lot of the interior of her home, which I could do a whole episode on. But anyway, I started reading about Barbara Streisand and I was reading about James Brolin. Oh, okay. So he was at the forefront of your mind. That totally makes sense. So you're uh, saying that he's- Oh my God. And in my notes, I wrote James. I know that his name is Josh, but I was really into it, man. He's one of the best villains in the history of film. Thank you. I was just going to say it. There's a quote from Slash Film that says, the best part about Thanos has always been his belief in himself. The murderous warlord thinks he's the good guy and that his plot to wipe out half the population is in everyone's best interest. Brolin used this trait to stunning effect, finding complexity in a character that could have fallen to the wayside as yet another one note villain. So that true. is so true. Anthony was telling me how some people say that Infinity War is like Thanos's movie. Yeah, I, I agree with that. We because we there are so many scenes in Infinity War where it's just Thanos on screen. He's it's Thanos and a couple of other characters that we it's like told from his perspective. Yeah. And you can almost understand how if what his plan is, if he genuinely believes that he's doing the right thing for humanity, you can almost see how he views that as being compassionate. 
Yes. And that despite how evil he is, we end up realizing that he actually does love his daughters in a way that we thought he wasn't capable of. Yeah. He brings such a humanity to him. And then of course, like I said before, the calmness. I am inevitable is all, all what he says. I am inevitable. When you're that powerful. Yeah. He's so good. He's so cool. (laughs) The fight that Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor have with Thanos is the best fighting there is. I think it's the coolest. It's some of the most evenly matched that we see, the three of them against him. How there's really nothing else going on. It's just three on him. My brother told me about this, so I don't know if you even got the significance of the moment besides the obvious. When Cap is able to get Thor's hammer. That was actually a question that I had. So I'm glad you're about to tell me. So the whole thing with Thor's hammer is that, that you have to be worthy yeah. of, of being able to lift it and to hold it. And apparently in the second Avengers age of Ultron, which neither of us have seen, there is like a comedic funny scene in which everybody goes around and tries to lift Thor's hammer and no one is able to do it. But when Captain America goes, there's like fan theories that like it moves a little and that he pretends not to be able to lift it, but actually can. So when he's able to grasp it and Thor looks back at him and says, I knew it, it's referring to that other Avengers movie where he thinks he was able to lift it because he's worthy of so. God, I love that. (laughs) It was really freaking cool. So we touched on this in our Outside the Actor Studio episode on Chadwick Boseman. The silhouette of the core cast of Black Panther coming through that, is it called a portal? Yeah. Is everything. (laughs) And then all the other ones start opening up and we see all the other Avengers coming back. And even right before that, the fact that the lead up to the portals opening is this like kind of shaky calm that is Falcon in Cap's ear that's like Captain Sam, can you hear me? On your left. please. <laughs> <laughs> I could have died. <laughs> I do have a complaint, by the way, though, with Dr. Strange. Okay. The way he moves his hands is so cheesy. <laughs> is that a thing that people talk about? Because it's unbearable. I don't know. It's I un- haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I never like Benedict Cumberbatch. Thank you. But when we watched him in The Power of the Dog, he was so good that I I relaxed that a little. I sort of was like, you know what? Maybe I do like him, especially the way he spoke out so boldly and clearly in interviews about toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. He really wanted that message to be known. And I respect that so much. So I was maybe even starting to like him. And I think he's cool as Doctor Strange. 
but the hand motions have got to go. <laughs> Am I weird for not even noticing? I'm going to have to go back and look at his hands. Oh, good luck. <laughs> One of my notes in here is actually from the first time I watched it. Since I watched Ragnarok in between, I had more context. But the first time I was like, Tessa Thompson is on a winged horse and I need nothing else in life. <laughs> Now I know she's Valkyrie and I know yeah, more about you know, her and all that. Yeah, but yeah. Although, well, now she's not even Valkyrie anymore, but yeah. that's for the end. But um, my God. <laughs> I loved seeing Pepper in her blue Iron Man suit. She was so cool. <laughs> and I loved that they gave us a little bit of foreshadowing Yes. Earlier on when Morgan has the head of it (laughs) that she found it in the garage. I don't remember the context of this, but at some point everything's exposed. Oh, I think it's when, I don't know if maybe it's when Thanos calls for the rain fire or what, Uh, but whatever, everything's going crazy. And Rocket jumps on baby Groot to protect him. Please. Like he's Rocket's so tiny. There was nothing he could do to protect him, but the fact that he does. That he is like willing to sacrifice himself for him. <laughs> their their friendship and love is so sweet. So sweet. I love when um when Peter and Tony are reunited and he gives him a hug. I can't even handle that. That was one of the saddest parts of Infinity War. And Peter doesn't even get it at that no, point. No, like, he, he doesn't. doesn't realize that Tony hasn't seen him in five years. Because it's been so he like doesn't get why Tony is like <laughs> clinging to him. Five seconds. Like he knows it's been five years, but he doesn't get it's been five years. <laughs> when all the women of Avengers Amazing. all assemble and walk forward like that together. The fact that we haven't had a whole movie of that is a real shame. Yeah. Missed opportunity there. When Strange looks at Tony right before he goes to get the stones from Thanos and gives him the one. I burst into tears it was like sudden tears i'm like gonna cry right now just thinking about the the way i know you're not a fan of his hand movements but the way he just moved because he's in the middle of holding water i think still but the way he just slowly closes his hand to give him the one and you can tell that now both of them fully know what's going to happen i just i think it's cool that the writers obviously knew that on first viewing, everyone wouldn't exactly know what it meant, but it's yeah. almost like a gift to people who were going to watch it again and again. Yeah. And, and even the first time you see it, the only thing, it might even be a triumphant moment. The first time, like when he closes his finger and he shows him the one, they're like, yeah, like this is the one, like we've done it's it. It's all playing out yeah, the way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And we don't know what it's going to cost until it happens. Fuck man. <laughs> I love the sound that Thanos's non-working snap makes, like the the grinding of that metal. I am inevitable. Because normally this the the snaps we've seen have such like a an epic nature to them that we don't hear the sound. So just the the nothing of him moving his fingers together wearing that metal gauntlet. I just really liked it. That was so cool. <laughs> and then the 
the camera pans to Tony and he's on his knees with the stones going into his (laughs) glove. Oh my God. And I am Iron Man. I know he had to make the sacrifice that he did, but it doesn't make it hurt any less. I can't imagine what this was like for people who have who are old even. enough to have been on this journey since 2008. I cannot imagine because I was, and I know you were too, gutted. It's brutal. When Pepper says to him, look at me, we're going to be okay. You can rest now. Please. (laughs) And then we see Clint reuniting with his family. Which we didn't talk about it at the beginning. The very opening scene is Clint losing his family, which is horrible. And we see Peter reuniting with his bestie. What was it like for you (laughs) the first time watching Tony's message to them and to his daughter? Oh, my God. What he says is so perfect. So I thought I'd probably better record a little greeting in the case of an untimely death on my part. I mean, not that death at any time isn't untimely. This time travel thing that we're going to try and pull off tomorrow, it's, it's, it's got me scratching my head about the survivability of home. That's the thing. But again, that's the hero gig. Part of the journey is the end. What am I even tripping for? Everything's going to work out exactly the way it's supposed to. I love you 3,000. I was thinking about how intense it was to see the camera pan through all the people that were at his funeral and how there's so much more context and history there than we even know. Yeah. There were a couple of people I didn't even know who they were. So that I knew there had to be a ton of stuff that I was missing. And the way they had Nick walk out at the very end on the porch, I know has more significance than what I understand. Yeah. So then we have Thor offering the kingdom to Valkyrie, (laughs) which is exactly what should have happened. And then what we already spoke about, Quill and Thor arguing on the ship again. (laughs) Which is so good. It's not necessary. It's not. Okay. I got some blasters unless you guys want to use knives. Oh, yes, please. Use knives. No. Knives. I'm Groot. (laughs) (laughs) Not necessary. There shall be no knifing one another. Everybody knows who's in charge. (sighs) Me. Right? Yes, you. It was such a good moment of levity yes. in between all that really heavy stuff. Totally. I can't fathom how the directors of this were the same as um, Civil War. I know. So I think all that's really left to talk about is Captain America when he returns as an elderly yeah. man. Yeah, he's he puts all the stones back where they need to be. And then he goes and lives a life. Which is... And we know that it's with Peggy, but then that's reinforced to us. And when um, Falcon asks him, You want to tell me about her? 
No. No, I don't think I will. It's so beautiful. It's like so sacred to him that he doesn't even want to talk about it. Yeah. And then he offers Falcon the shield, shield to become Captain America. And then the last scene, <sighs> that sweeping shot of the exterior of the house, and we hear the jazz music. Oh my gosh, I am. This is ridiculous. <laughs> we didn't even watch all of his movies. <laughs> it's insane. Oh my God. Honestly, it's too much. I can't imagine what a mess I would have been if I had seen them all. One of the most perfect endings of a movie, maybe ever. It's so incredible, like, how this is an ending to the story for whatever it is. It's an ending to Steve's story and to Tony's. So often, the final of something just doesn't stick the landing in the way that you want it to. Whether it be the finale of a TV show or the final culmination of a trilogy or a long franchise, it's so hard to wrap up a a long story in a movie that really just captures it all. And I, without even seeing everything, know that this has. Not only did it stick the landing, but it took the ending of multiple storylines and stuck every single ending. It made it feel earned and satisfying and wrapped up in the most perfect way. And emotional without being cheesy or overdone. Totally. It's It's incredible. It was perfect. But words 